Hello and welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me today is Mia Mulder. Hello. Hello, I'm here. I exist you, uh, you within are. the universe of the podcast. It's true. Uh, how are you? I'm uh, I'm fine, actually. I... Uh, the, the, the words uh, existing uh, existing is going well, I guess. That's that's fair. That's what you like to hear, I think. You, you just released a video about nationalism. I did, yeah. Um, how has that been? I, yeah, it's it's like the video is actually like okay. I got three types of reactions. One is. Oh, I love the video. It's so good. And like the the classic feedback stuff, that, which is really great to have, and I want more of it. But it's like you know that, like yay. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Nazis, uh, which obviously I make a video called about like about nationalism. I I have Donald Trump in the tags. Yeah. So I I know that's gonna happen. So it's a bunch of Nazis, and you know that too. Um, <laughs> And that, like, there's, I, I could go into that, but like, what's, what, what is there to go into? I actually got a, like, a, a clone of Sargon of Akkad in my comments, who posted this like novel length thing, <sighs> and like, my mind didn't register that this, that this was an obvious weirdo at first. So I was like, oh no, this is, this might actually be full of like good critique and like feedback, and maybe I did fuck up with something because that's how they started the comments. And then halfway in the <sighs> comments, I read, I, I read, well, Hitler wasn't that racist really and it's like oh okay okay <laughs> i can i can with good conscience delete this comment <laughs> any comment that i get that broaches into like a second paragraph i very rarely get all the way through it uh, oh yeah it depends it depends like there's one video of mine that tends to elicit like stories from people that i i find interesting but generally it's like okay so you don't know how youtube comments work i'm not gonna read this i'm probably just gonna mute you yeah and let you speak into oblivion <laughs> thank you but uh our publishing house gets many submissions every month and <laughs> your submission has been uh very much considered uh, but ultimately rejected uh, thank you for your yeah. consideration uh bye bye uh, so that's yeah. one so that's one kind of comment uh but the most interesting reaction that I've gotten recently, which I think is really interesting and infuriating, is I got some people reaching out and saying, like, oh, why didn't you deal with, like, this specific brand of nationalism? Because nationalism uh... is one of these labels which have, like, you can add anything to the word nationalism and it will have, like, an entirely different meaning. Mm-hmm. So it's like Irish nationalism is very different from white nationalism, for example. Um but like there are like with with all nationalism there are common factors and those are the ones I try to talk about in a way and I co- and I talk about the most common ones that people think of yeah so it's really infuriating to me when someone was like well why didn't you speak about like southern Thai republican leftist nationalism because that's actually like unique and that's actually like very different from the other ones and that's why like you can't actually lump that kind of nationalism in with all other nationalism it's like oh my god like. It's if I did that with every single type of nationalism, the video would like. I could have a university yeah. course about nationalism. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, no, I I hate I hate those because they guarantee you they only come from people who have never made a YouTube video and possibly yeah. have never written an essay in their life because oh, yeah. you just 
you you can't cover everything. I at one point had a series that I was doing about metamodernism, which required me to learn quite a bit about postmodernism and modernism. And that was a nightmare because there are a million different versions of all of those words and different iterations of them at different periods in different fields. And they all mean slightly different things. And then you've got decades of academics who say, but no, actually it means this. So nobody agrees and everybody's wrong. And you release a video and it's like, it doesn't matter how much research you do. There's always going to be somebody who's like, well, why didn't you bring up this very obscure article written in 1967? Like that was never translated from from the original Chinese. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I can't yeah. read everything. Yeah, like like a, a YouTube video is a, is a very simplistic format by by nature. And that's just that's just what you're going to get. Um, yeah. So that's that's been fun to read. I've also had like a lot of people telling me like it's too complicated of a video. You need to be more basic. And then I got some people saying it's it's too basic of a video. You need to be more complicated. And it's like fuck all of you. Yep. 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 I'm I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been good though. Like the generic feedback has been good so far. I I like good. to think it's it's a it's a good it's a it's another success another notch in my belt. Uh, Hell yeah. On onwards to to uh, YouTube success and eventual fame uh, and eventual yes. uh, political career and takeover of the world. Of course. So yeah, it, it all goes well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just watched it like an hour ago and I quite enjoyed it. It's very... You wow, wow, I was... wow. <laughs> it's the perfect thing to... And they, it, like, it was... I quite enjoyed it. It was... And then quiet, and then si- <laughs> silence. I'm not. Yeah, I don't have anything bad to say. Uh, I I admire your willingness to go into something that requires a lot of nuance. I have a lot of like video ideas that are half written that I've abandoned because they reach into political topics that I think are very worth talking about, but are also really really easy to misconstrue yeah and i think exploring like the semantic uses and definition of nationalism as a as a concept as a phenomenon is very good but it's it would be pretty easy i think for people to sort of look at that and say oh so you're you're pro-nationalism even though you explicitly say i don't think anybody should be nationalists but oh yeah like i've had I've already had people accuse me of being like a supporter and a negative, despite the video action actually being titled "Why You Shouldn't Be a Nationalist." <laughs> yeah, I, I still had people saying like, "Oh, so you actually like defend nationalism here? Actually, somehow, fuck you." <sighs> yeah, F- fuck all of fuck all of y'all. That's a that's a hot take from from this podcast. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm actually a lot kinder in person. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I get I get edgy when I whenever I have a platform. Oh, I think I think all YouTubers do. All all people do whenever they're on a platform of any kind because they like to rile people up. I, I I don't know. Do you think Do you think Milo Janopoulos is like actually like kind and like sweet in person? 
But he just gets that way when he gets a microphone. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people who love him in real life. I'm sure his mom thinks he is just the sweetest human being on earth. But yeah, I, I that, that's the, that's the issue when it comes to like criticizing people in the real world where you have their friends coming to their defense. And it's like, well, yeah, of course they behave that way to you because you're their friend. But people behave different ways in different contexts. Yeah. And we also get hung up on the idea that somebody is a good person or a bad person, as opposed to you are a person who does good, bad, and also neutral things. Oh, I have, I have never done anything bad in my life uh, or, even, oh, or I, even neutral. I am literally perfect. Of course. No, I, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going. I didn't mean to imply that. That that wasn't the case. No, of course. Uh, I, apo- I, I I sincerely apologize for offending your sensibilities in that regard. So you're in Sweden. I am. Yes, I am a Swede. I am. I belong to Mother Europa. Hell yeah, uh, the Golden One approves. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> although one thing the Golden One probably wouldn't approve of is that you are transgender. I am. Yes. Yeah. So that's a bit of a that's a bit of a a, a tick against you on the. Uh, pro-nationalist ticket, I guess. Tick on the ticket? Fuck it, whatever. So, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, how is it being trans in Sweden? Uh, yeah, I know, that's a broad fucking question. Uh, I'll step back here. Here in the States, where everything is bad and the laws don't matter, it feels like, I know a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this myself, who look at how things are in Sweden and think, God, that sounds incredible. I wish I lived there. And I know I've seen you on Twitter, I believe at some point saying that that is simplistic and and bullshit. Uh, So I guess to start with, what are, how, how would you react to someone in my position saying, oh, Sweden just sounds perfect. Uh, Come on over. It's actually like pretty good. Um, But like, (laughs) Uh, I mean, it, it it is it is a simplistic view, but like I I think it's it's the default for me, right? Um, and like I I I transitioned in like early twenty thirteen, and Sweden then was awful because like we had forced sterilization laws that were still like in in effect, but they like they're gone now. Uh, but like they they actually disappeared in early twenty thirteen, so like that's that's kind of the cutoff point so before that is like awful like one of the worst Oof. things ever because like forced sterilizations has like you know implications of yeah. eugenics and stuff like that which sweden has been historically really good at but now like that's gone and it's like it's not perfect by any means right it's it's still it's not like we have like gender neutral uh identification cards it's not like we have uh, it's not like everything is super duper easy all the time. Like getting, like our healthcare system might be free, which is really nice, uh, or it's like heavily heavily subsidized, so you can right. you can like my HRT is basically free, uh, my uh, mm. my surgeries are basically free, my doctor's appointments are basically free, and like that's really nice, right? Uh, but on wow. the other hand, you still have to wait a, a fuck ton of long time. Uh, because sure. trans healthcare isn't really seen as as um, as very essential, so it's kind of like very <laughs> far down the line. Uh, not a lot of resources, very few clinics. Uh, but like, 
from from the perspective of like transitioning in Sweden and stuff like that, right? I think it's pretty good because, like again, for me it's the default. So for me it's like yeah, it kind of sucks sometimes, but sometimes it's kind of okay. But like when I hear stories uh, from America where I see people share GoFundMe's uh, just to get like basic healthcare, uh, not necessarily like even trans specific healthcare, but just like healthcare in general, or it's like hi, I need like I need some way to afford HRT because my doctor is an asshole or something uh, it, it, and at that point it kind of sounds to me like yeah Sweden's pretty good then because sure you, you might have to wait two years or more in Sweden talking to a doctor to get HRT but once you get it it's free for life yeah and that's pretty good like I'm like like I've, I've like I've been trans now in Sweden for a couple of years, and you know it has its ups and downs, but it's it's all in all pretty good, at least on that spectrum. How has your experience been socially transitioning? Ooh, oh yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's a good question. Um, like I, I kind of cover this in in a video I made about passing a little bit. Yes. Uh, which is like a, a, very, a very personal deep dive into what passing means as a concept, uh, at least for me. Uh, so like I started my transition in 2013, right? Which was kind of like right before the tipping point, which some people like to refer to as when like Laverne Cox and uh, other famous people start being, you know, the big, very publicly trans. So I think, uh, you know, Laverne Cox, uh, Andrea Pejic, um, and suddenly being a trans woman wasn't just a gag on on TV. It wasn't just like the end of a joke. There was like, it, there was an actual face to be associated with it. Uh, and today that's kind of taken for granted because like we know of trans celebrities now, even if they're very rare, they exist. Uh, but they kind of didn't that as much back in 2013 and stuff like that. So when I came out in 2013, uh, it was kind of rough. Like, I lost maybe 75% of my friends. I didn't feel accepted at all, really, by anyone, really. Uh, but Wow. Uh, except, except for my best friend, which I am still friends with. And we've been friends now for over 10 years, which is fucking insane because I'm 25. So that's like... That's... Uh, that's it's that that's, yeah, that's, that's almost that's half my time. life yeah yeah well like so so on that on that area it's, it's been kind of rough but like in general it's you know it's been pretty okay people are kind of open like there's this idea of sweden as being this this liberal uh sex haven where people like <laughs> walk around naked with uh, blue eyes and blonde hair and that's that's partially true um <laughs> So so it's, it hasn't been it hasn't been like very controversial of me to exist, um, even if it hasn't been approved by anyone. It hasn't really been disputed as much by a lot of people, even if a lot of people are like, "Well, that's yucky." Um, <laughs> some a lot of people like still yes, like yeah, that exists. That happens. People are. I th- I haven't really experienced I have experienced trans and transphobia right but I've I've experienced more the type of transphobia which is like they don't understand it at all but they just see it as like another form of expression 
Okay. And and because Sweden is kind of like like it's, Sweden is kind of diverse in expression, and that's kind of the only thing we're diverse in. Um, and because of that, it kind of it kind of feels more accepted, even if they might not understand like actually gender identity or trans people or something like that. Some people would be like, oh yeah, that's a that's a fun sex thing that you do, and I accept that and I support you, even if it's a weird sex thing that you do. And it's like, okay, well, you're a bit misunderstood, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I imagine that's better than the alternative. It's certainly better than violence. Yeah, like I, I've had some close calls, but it's it's. Oh, S- Sweden isn't that bad, really. Well, that's good to hear. The thing, the thing I should say though is like, uh, the racists will say it's like, oh yeah, that's that's the immigrants, isn't it? Those are the the violent ones against the gays. Uh, but like mm. I've never had any issue with that. It's always like this middle-aged white guy who who's like really tired after a day at work or something in a in, in a very in a dive bar somewhere. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then I walk in. It's like oh god damn it. <laughs> that's that's the oh that's the that's the straw that broke the camel's back. And yeah. that's, but that's basically it. That's like. Um, but I feel I should mention that because literally every single time a Swede talks online, racists come in and be like, yeah, the immigrants, isn't it? The fucking immigrants. Yeah, it's it's always it's always the immigrants. It seems like it's it's every, everything, every problem that we have, it's obviously the immigrants. And I find that interesting The sort of like the immigrants are obviously the homophobes. That's a I hadn't heard that particular strain of xenophobia before that's Ooh. interesting oh that's really common here because uh, sweden, okay. sweden has this idea of being like this this liberal paradise thing like we are the most progressives in the world we're a humanitarian superpower um there's this idea of that but it's not true uh but there's an idea about that which racists want to keep is like no yeah we're we're the nicest most tolerant people and country in the world but the immigrants aren't and that's why we can't let them in <laughs> Which is like this, right. it's, it's a weird, like, jigsaw puzzle of, of, of xenophobia, but it, it, it's really common here. And, um, but I can, I can see in like other, I can see other, like, in other nations where maybe a, uh, the idea of tolerance as part of a national identity might not, that might not be as expressed. Yeah. It's, I think it's comparable to, uh, Muslims hate our freedom, which people say in America a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. It's almost as if racism doesn't make sense. Like it's illogical. Wild. Like it's a like it's a like it's a ad hoc justification, post hoc justification for things you already believe. Can I just say about that, by the way? Uh, this has nothing to do with anything at all. But like ad hoc, post hoc. Uh, like I have a university education. I have a degree. I, I have half a master's degree, which I haven't finished because of health issues, and then I shifted into YouTube. So, like, one day I'm going to finish that master's. Um, like, I, I, I still consider myself, like, fairly highly educated. I don't know what post-hoc ad hoc means. <laughs> I, I, I never learned what that means. No one told me. Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of academic terms where I just sort of know them from context. And Mm. when it occurs to me to say them out loud, I sort of cross my fingers and hope that I'm using them correctly. Yes. 
that's basically how I how I got my uh, my bachelor's uh, thesis out. And I was like, yeah, I'm fancy words. Yeah. <laughs> Please, God, hope I'm using these correctly. <laughs> It's really frustrating reading academic papers of a certain flavor because it's really clear that there is a, a, a like a systemic need in academia to keep things exclusive to the academy. Oh yeah. Like they're not writing for a general audience. So mm. they like unnecessarily pepper up their language as, as much as possible. And I remember this one essay and I, I cannot remember what it was about, of course, but it's like it opens with like a quote from Plato. And then the the author in the second paragraph says like, and of course, as so and so says, and then it's like a two line quote in French that is untranslated. Of course. And then he goes on to be like, so of course, Latin phrase, Latin phrase, et cetera, et cetera, just going on and on with all of this like academic jargon that he's just presuming that everybody knows it's like but how why why are you writing in such a way that i need another book in front of me in order to read your book i this shit's it's it stinks this is a hot this this <laughs> it stinks hot take academia is elitist oh yeah and uh kind of kind of sucks Oh yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, that's why I went to YouTube. <laughs> oh yeah, YouTube. YouTube is, YouTube is awful, but in another way. Yeah, YouTube. I've actually had a really good experience with YouTube so far, and I keep waiting to pass a certain threshold with one of my videos where I finally start seeing the the kind of like vitriolic bullshit that I see everybody else deal with. But like, it, there is just this this haze of I'm I'm in my own little like reasonable, emotionally healthy corner with a handful of other YouTubers, and we're just trying to make the world a slightly better place. And all of us turning our backs away from the nightmare scream corner that is the rest of YouTube, where the the racists and the Nazis are like, hey, isn't it cool to hate brown people? And then everybody in the comments is like, I'm not a racist, but yes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you, YouTube is a little scary in that regard. But I had a, I've, I've had this realization a number of times. I went and talked to one of my old professors to share my ecstaticness at my uh, video about the politics of the McElroys passing 150,000 views and yeah. like realizing, dang, this video has been seen by more people than will ever see any of your lectures, which... I shouldn't have just blurted it out, but... That's amazing. That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but it was like this realization where it just hit me all at once, and I just said it, and then I realized how, like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. But it's fucking true. And that's the thing, is that I, as somebody who thinks and tries to formulate those thoughts into words and wants to share them in some way... Uh, I don't want to write for a handful of people who already agree with me. I would like my stuff to be accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, that's the good thing with YouTube, isn't it? That, like, despite everything, everyone can go in and watch a YouTube video. And, like, yeah, that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. It is neat. It's 
it's sort of I think it's easy to shit on YouTube and it's merited to shit on YouTube, I think. But the platform itself isn't like inherently good or bad. It's just it's a model that comes with very specific good and bad implications. And it's uh, I don't know, like the same freedom that makes it so good is also what makes it kind of terrible. I don't know. It's uh, a I don't know. It's it's almost as if freedom requires asterisks like you can't tolerate intolerance that sort of thing yeah i don't know welcome to philosophy hour where we just talk about the uh uh i forgot the word god damn it (laughs) english why is you why is you like this oh i ask myself that question all the time uh english is a it's a terrible language it's nightmare it is nightmare it, it, it is it is the worst I I hate it, um, but I, I somehow still have to have to have to know it. Yeah, although everyone in Sweden speaks English, so <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask about that. I I kind of it seemed like I'd never, not that I've met many Swedish people, but it seems like I've never met one who doesn't know English. Yeah, it's part of our like very basic education as we grow up because we we realize that not many people speak Swedish. Uh, and we like in order to have any success internationally, we need to speak something else than Swedish. Yeah. Uh, so they, <laughs> they force us to learn it uh, in conjunction with learning our own language. Uh, but Fair consi- but considering that everyone like the the entire country speaks Swedish on a daily basis, we all learn Swedish better anyway. Uh, Fair enough. And a lot of people unlearn English over 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 time, which is sad, but. If you keep uh-huh. it, if you keep it alive, it's it, it 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 remains. Yeah, it's not Norse though, which is far superior. Of course, yeah, I obviously agree. Despite the fact that I know absolutely nothing about it, but that seems like the racially superior way to to put it. Oh, but you you do know something about it because Norse has influenced English. Ah, uh, uh, English is part Norse. I mean, English is part a lot of things. <laughs> That's true. English is less English than it is basically every other language just sort of thrown into a salad bowl and then dumped out into a dictionary. Um, So I'm curious, how much like American culture do you get over there in terms of like television and movies? Uh, A a ton. A a fuck ton. All of it. We We get all of it. The only thing we don't get like pure unfiltered access to is the news, uh, which is... Like it's probably for the better. I mean, we can still go to CNN.com and like go to FoxNews.com and we can check things out there. And that's what I do, right? Because I I like to think that I'm very like internationally connected. Uh, but like most TV shows, well, maybe not most anymore actually. But like a lot of TV shows are just American TV shows on Swedish networks. Uh, wow. American culture kind of dominates Swedish culture a lot, which is. Uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I I actually I actually think that like I, I don't want to sound like a nationalist now because, the, but like, the, <laughs> I think it's kind of sad that that we we mostly get American culture. Like I but I would like like it's not that I want more Swedish more Swedish culture. I just want like other than America. Yeah, our our biggest import is or our biggest export is culture and. Right. We, uh, uh, that's a big part of the 
American imperialist project is usurping all other cultures with our own. Oh yeah, uh, with, Sweden, without it, without yeah, yeah. Sweden has some has some good like media things though that you will never be able to copy. Um, like all Swedish TVs, crime shows, for example, like literally all of it. Yes, um, and all Swedish media is also very depressing. <laughs> That has been my experience. There was actually a time when I watched a, f- a fair bit of Swedish TV and, and, and film based on what was accessible, which wasn't much for me. So it's like the, uh, the girl who plays with fire. Uh, there was that. There was uh, the killing. Um, oh, yeah. Basically stuff that, yeah, stuff that got remade in America, basically. Oh, that's right. Because I had a project that was trying to suss out strategies for adapting different material. So like, how does a book get turned into a movie? How does a Swedish TV show get turned into an American TV show? Yeah. But I also, I have a book that is about the history of Twin Peaks and it's written by a Swedish academic and it has an entire section dedicated to the history of Twin Peaks in Sweden and I found that to be really fascinating and I've always thought wow there sure is a lot of stuff that seems reminiscent of Twin Peaks in like Swedish television that I've encountered yeah. and uh, that kind of makes sense oh yeah like yeah Sweden as both as a country and in our culture is very bleak uh, and very like crime crime drama driven uh which is interesting because we have a very low crime rate i've always wondered about that because it seems like the the reputation of sweden as the socialist utopia where everybody is provided for and has sex all the time it always seemed weird to me that there's so much media about just like the most depressing murder imaginable It's like, let's spend three episodes not even dealing with, like, investigating a crime, but just visiting each individual person who knew the dead girl. It's always a girl. And just letting them cry for 15 minutes. I I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Obviously. Listen, I only read uh, The Gold of the Dragon Tattoo, which is not bleak at all. Uh, It's, you know, it's it's just a story about, you know... A, gris- a grisly potential murder and uh, a-, a girl who like really fucks up her rapist in a really good way. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh mm-hmm. God, that's not bleak at all. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really a charming coming of oh, age tale God. when you think mm. about it. Oh. Okay, fuck, this reminds me of a thing. This reminds me of a thing. Um, oh, good. Fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, fuck. Uh, so Sweden, like, like, a decade ago or something, had, had a comedy movie, which is rare in Swedish in the, in the Swedish movie industry. I'm not even joking. <laughs> we, we have very few comedies. Um, and it, it was called uh, Patrick 1.5. Okay. And uh, this, the entire movie is in Swedish, so none of you will have heard it, so I will spoil it. Uh, okay. But, but if you want to watch a, a Swedish movie from, like, 2008 or something, probably earlier... Uh, be warned. So, the, so the idea. So okay. So the idea is, it's it's a gay couple, which is which is pretty progressive. Uh, yeah. And they wanna and they wanna adopt. They wanna have a kid. Uh, the, and the, within the very opening, like the opening ten minutes, it it is established that they have marital problems, um, because one of them is like, oh, maybe I don't actually want a kid. Maybe this is, maybe this is like, maybe I'm just getting a kid so I can, like, be secure in the relationship rather than 
actually wanting to be a father. It's like, okay, we're 10 minutes into this comedy movie and we're already, <laughs> we're already dealing with like, like explicitly like gay relationship issues about the, about the obscenity of being a father uh, potentially <laughs> and like am I doing this because I want to and, like soul exploring thing that's within the opening thing okay um, oh my anyway God. So, so they get to the adoption agency and it's like well yeah here's Patrick uh, 1.5 and it's like that's oh no yeah they, they get a letter from the adoption agency uh, and it says like Patrick 1.5 they they are while they are at the adoption agency. By the way, you get like a ten minute thing about like, oh yeah, the world is entirely homophobic and you won't be able to adopt because people think that you're going to be bad parents and homophobia is awful. Uh, <laughs> uh, in this comedy movie, yeah. Uh, anyway, so they get a le- letter from the adoption agency. It's like uh, Patrick one point five is kid who you know has has had like familial familial issues, and um, you know has some issues like being part of a family but wants a good home. It's like, okay, Patrick 1.5. It's a bit weird to write 1.5 on on age, though, right? 1.5? Yeah. That's a bit weird. But they, they don't think about that. And it's like, okay, we have a kid. We have, like, a baby. That's great. That's what we wanted. And they, like, they they decorated this baby room. Um, and then they go to pick up the kid, and it's like, oh, this is this kid is 15. There was a typo. But they already accept, <sighs> But they already accepted, so now they have to deal with the kid while, while they get the paperwork sorted. Oh my god! And like the, the the guy who wanted the guy who was like insecure about getting a kid at, at all is like really he like he's very upset by this. the The kid is homophobic, like extremely oh. homophobic. Oh my Acu- god! A- accuses the parents of like being pedophiles, and it's, it goes into this thing about like exploring like no gay people feel like actual love too, and it's okay. Uh, but this leads to to the relationship breaks apart. It doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> One of the parents is like, no, I, I can't do this. I'm only doing this because I want to save the relationship. But the the relationship can't be saved. I need to go. And he leaves and dumps this homophobic kid with his other with his partner in this comedy movie. <laughs> and like it, wow. it it goes through the breakup and like learning to be a family and reuniting a potential family on nothing and maybe on an insecure relationship thing and dealing with like deep topics on homophobia and child rearing and um, stuff like that and somewhere in the movie it's like implied that the kid has has had like the reason he's homophobic is because he's been abused by a summer summer camp teacher it's like this is a comedy movie Holy like, shit! Like this is a movie about how this is a movie about laughing. This is supposed to be silly, <laughs> and it deals with it's... like violent homophobia. Oh. Like oh yeah. my god! And that's Swedish culture in a nutshell, really. What's up, my fellow gamers? It's time for an ad break. Oh God, why did I do it that way? I want to tell you about a couple of podcasts on the Lunar Light Network. First one this time around is Artificial Ghost Radio. Artificial Ghost is a comedy podcast where Miles and Mars each recommend each other a pair of songs based on a theme. And then they talk about those songs and see where the conversation takes them. And of course they have segments and guests. And generally speaking, there's a lot of good recommendations that comes from this podcast, and you should go listen to it if you're in the mood for finding new music for you to listen to. An Artificial Ghost goes up once a week, every single Saturday. 
The second podcast I want to talk to you about is Storyboard. Board, of course, spelled B-O-R-E-D. Hosted by Gavin, Nick, and Laura. This is a comedy podcast about these three friends watching cartoons and cracking jokes. So each episode they talk about a different cartoon. What I like about this podcast is the variety of cartoons they select from. So, of course, they talk about recent stuff like She-Ra and the Princesses of Power and Over the Garden Wall. But they also got episodes about the 1967 Speed Racer and Invader Zim and Samurai Jack and Captain N, the Game Master. There's just a lot of really fun subjects to talk about. There's dogs outside. I don't know if you can hear them. There's professional ad break here on the Trans Questioning Podcast. Storyboard goes up every other Thursday, and you can find Storyboard and Artificial Ghost Radio both on LunarLightStudio.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I have such a hard time relating to Americans because you get natural disasters. Europe doesn't really get that. Like, we get some flooding every now and then, but that's, like, minor. Uh, Yeah. And, like, it's it's, it's nothing compared to your flooding. We had an earthquake once and everyone made fun of it because it didn't destroy anything. It's like, oh, you knocked over over a a share. Good job, earthquake. Fucking beta cuck earthquake. We make we make fun of that. Like we had, like, okay, we had forest fires last summer, right? Mm-hmm. And we all panicked over it. But they were like it's just tiny ass. It's nothing. It's like it's <laughs> tiny ass forest fires. That doesn't matter. Like California gets that. Like t- they get that every single day. Yeah, California. Just the entire state was on fire for like a month. How? Why do people live in America? <laughs> like you have tornadoes. You have. You have flooding constantly. You have earthquakes. You have to, why? Yeah, yeah. Well, because freedom is Fre- why. Freedom, yeah. The thing I will never understand. No, yeah. I mean, you, you can't. How could you? You've never mm-hmm. had the pleasure of uh, an elementary school education where they teach you that the founding fathers are always right. And I have always been right. to the flag. In the United States of America. Do you really do that, by the way? I'm actually curious. Yes. You, yes. Why? Yes. Oh. That, that seems so weird to me. That's so wild to me. If anyone <laughs> even, if, if someone even proposed to doing that in Sweden, they would be like expunged from even the most far right parties. I was like, oh no, my God. that's obviously like, that's obviously like indoctrinating children, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, no, you can't I, do that. Oh, I. I haven't done it in uh, over 10 years at this point. And it's still like, as soon as you said it, it was like a muscle response of like, oh, I should have my hand over my heart and I should say the whole thing. Like from from kindergarten all the way through to when I finished college or finished high school. uh, Yeah, every single morning, right before your first class, you have announcements. So they do the the the. National, the yeah, the Pledge of Allegiance, where you stand up and everybody turns and faces the flag, which there has to be a flag in every single classroom. Wait, for real? And, that isn't a yes. joke from TV? No. Oh my God. And you say the pledge 
And then I was when I was in high school, I was in Texas. So they also had the Texas flag and Texas has its own little pledge. And then uh, for a number of years after 9-11, you had like the minute of silence that you did. So it was this whole ritual. And in high school, when I first started to have like a budding awareness of politics, I started to uh, uh, not say the pledge and like stay seated when uh, when when the pledge came up. And at first I got in trouble for that. Yeah. Like teachers, teachers pulled me aside, like, you got to say the pledge. It's that's not an option. And eventually, like enough people across the country started sort of doing that, that they're like, well, we can't. We're not we don't have a way to like legally enforce this. So, OK, if if you want to express yourself free speech wise, go ahead. If you want to be un-American. Uh, yeah. If, if you if you want everybody to know that you're not a patriot, go for it. Uh, why, why do you yeah. hate America? Why do you hate America? Ah, uh, you know, it's probably because of the gay I think yeah. it's the gay. It got into me young. I watched yeah. too many cartoons and they, they made me gay. I drank too much tap water <laughs> and it poisoned me with the ideas of socialism. I actually have an, I have a question about America. If I may go for it, go uh, for it. Is it true that like a lot of people don't drink the tap water? Um, Cause I've heard I mixed things about the tap water. It, it really depends on where you live. There are places where it's like common sense. Oh, yeah, the tap water is fine. And then there are places where, oh, no, you don't don't drink the tap water. Like different areas have different levels of like infrastructure. Uh, obviously, like Michigan has legendarily god awful water treatment. So people are still getting like lead poisoning where I am actually has some of the worst tap water uh, in the country for certain like carcinogenic uh, materials. Um, and I just have like a Brita filter on my tap. And I sort of hope that that's enough because I don't, I don't want to buy bottled water, but so I drink it. And like when I was in Texas, uh, the area that I was living in actually had one of the most well preserved reservoirs and like well filtered reservoirs in the country. But I still knew a lot of people who like, oh, no, I don't drink the tap water. I only buy bottled water. If you go into any grocery store here, there will usually be like three aisles, depending on the size. If it's a big store, there'll be just like one really long aisle with both sides just dedicated to drinks. And one whole size side is just water. There will there will be like 200 uh, like giant plastic containers of like 40 odd bottles of water and people buy those all the time well i mean mean, we have bottled water here too but it's like mostly carbonated and yeah no we have that literally until like two or three years ago it seems the idea of carbonated water without any sort of flavor or sugar was like laughable to (laughs) to people uh, I didn't really understand how common that is uh, in Europe until I went to Italy this past summer. And it's like, oh, yeah, those are the two. It's yeah. mineral water. And yeah, I uh, uh, and I acquired a taste f- for for carbonated water there. But like, 
Yeah, no, it's a it's like soda. And then very recently we've started getting into the game of of just straight up carbonated water, but it can't just be. So there's stuff that has like light flavoring and they've branded it and it's more expensive than anything else. It's become like a lifestyle choice. Yeah. Isn't it that kind of water where it's like it tastes as if it was processed next to like a peach? Yes. Like there's yeah. no actual peach in it, but like it was like there was a peach in the room when it was bottled. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, while they were mixing it up, somebody they, they had a team of Zen Buddhists conjure the image of a series like a fruit basket mm. while like in a circle around uh, around the processing plant. And that sort of imbued it with the the idea of flavor, the spirit, the spirit of it. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. I know a lot of people who are suspicious of tap water. This is what sucks about America sometimes is there are reasons to be critical of certain things. And then people will like, yeah, I'm critical of this for the dumbest reason. So it's like, yeah, tap water can be pretty bad. And our infrastructure generally is just God awful. And somebody will agree with you. And they're like, yeah, because of the fluoride. No, 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 no. That's like been proven to be a good thing. Generally speaking, like, that's not the problem. The problem is the lead. I don't know. I eat I eat lead for breakfast. It's like, no, what are you doing? Mm. What what's wrong with you? I love my crisps. Uh, we have we have really bad science education here. <laughs> like when I was when I was a kid, right? I, I when I was when I was younger, like a teenager, right? I was this kind of edgy uh, very ed- edgelord atheist skeptic, right? I like if I had a YouTube channel then, I would be awful. Um mm-hmm. I would probably also be very popular, unfortunately. But like, I had sure. a thing where I, I just hated America so much uh, b- because b- because of the science education. Because because <laughs> because I, I I didn't I like okay the, the classic thing right right the, the theory of evolution that mm-hmm. which was controversial in America a couple of years ago maybe it still is I don't know oh it it definitely is among oh, certain people yeah because because I. We, I had to learn about the idea of creationism on my own. Oh wow! Like that, that, that never came up. That never came up. Like it came up in like religious studies, right? When we studied different religion, but like that, that you know, then we also studied like the creation myths of the Norse and the creation myths of of other uh, of other religions. <laughs> so like, and like, yeah, creationism is the, is Christianity's creation myth. It's like, that that was it. That was it. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's I'm I'm thankfully not like that edge lord anymore. I'm not even atheist anymore. Oh, How, what are you, what are your what are your beliefs? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, good question. <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. It's That's ve- about where I stand. It's yeah. very vague. Uh, it's very vague, but it's like very defined anyway. Like I, I can't define it, but it's like it's very clear and powerful to me. Uh, yeah, that that seems to be. This sort of like millennial religion is I'm mm. not I'm not into religion and I don't have a specific structure. I just have my own feeling that works for me. And it's like, yeah, go you. Yeah, that's sort of where I am. <laughs> Do you have any last minute questions about the socialist uh, hellscape that is Sweden? Um, quick, quick fire round. Yeah, quick fire round. Uh, how does it feel knowing that y- you have no rights because socialism it feels pretty good 
I don't like rights. Rights are overrated anyway. And uh, <laughs> we are coming for your freedom. We are allied with uh, North Korea and Venezuela. And we're invading any day. We're coming. We're, you would never expect it from Sweden, would you? But we're back. The, <laughs> the, the Vikings are back. And we're taking, we're, we're taking back Newfoundland. The, the Swedes announced new uh, uh, imperialist project. Mm. Congratulations, we're we've invading everybody. You'd never expect it, though. It's the perfect invasion. All your all your all of your armies are stuck in uh, the Middle East. You'd never expect it from us. <laughs> we can just sneak in and just get it done. You'd never expect yeah. it. Never expect it. I'm never going to be able to go to America now, am I? <laughs> well, I'm definitely reporting you uh, after this is over. I need... Because I, I want to go to America one day, and I, I have, I've never been to America, but, like, you need to fill yeah. out... I need to go to the embassy, and I need to fill out this fucking, like, thing. Like, do you hate America? Are you going to America to do terrorism? And I was like, yes. Uh... <laughs> So I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to get there, am I? They're going to do a background check, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's the socialist. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like anybody who makes videos on YouTube that are left-leaning even a little bit just automatically wind up on a watch list somewhere. Oh, uh, I, oh I, I actually am on a watch list in Sweden. Oh, that's uh, fun. I know I know the podcast is dragging on a bit, but like can I can I tell can I tell that go story? Go for it, go okay. for it, go for it. So in twenty sixteen I was uh, I was I was uh, I was the chair of a trans activist organization thing. Uh, okay. which, which I founded myself because I wasn't happy with the LGBT organization in Sweden and I uh, I was quite kind of pissy with like some trans rights not being done. So I was like, well I'm gonna do my own trans rights. Um so I, I created this like new this new organization which I called the Trans Defense and with, with this with this with the symbol of a shield which is really uh, nerdy and dumb that's <laughs> what I did uh, I had some idea that we we were all going to like have shields with the trans flag on and like march down to 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 Parliament and take it over <laughs> but that never happened right. um, or like that we would fight Nazis. Uh, or something, but that never happened. But what did happen was that uh, we did we did a protest thing, and like we we kind of toyed with the idea of occupying a government building, because that like mm. in, in Swedish LGBT history that's kind of symbolic because they did that in the seventies and that that's what made uh, homosexuality not be a mental disorder in Sweden anymore. Oh, because uh, they like a couple of gays took over a building and. A government building and the government was like oh well fuck it then uh, and, just, and just within a day it was like well fine whatever it's, it's not a disease anymore good job you did it wow uh, and because of that it's kind of symbolic sure and I was like okay I have more demands than just like not being a mental illness that wasn't even one of the demands I we had like 13 demands of like well don't deport gay people to like dangerous countries please and maybe like make it cheaper to transition and maybe like maybe not have the wait hours be over two years like like stuff like that yeah. just like bureaucratic things and we had and like I organized a protest and I expected like 12 people to show up or something but like 100 people showed up which is like okay <sighs> I am not wow. I am not mentally or uh, te- logistically prepared for this because I had brought like biscuits and uh, like a oh, water no. bottle <laughs> Because oh, we no. were going <laughs> to occupy the building, right? I, and like, but I hadn't told anyone that we were going to do that because the cops 
might stop me. And I was overly paranoid. They didn't care about me then. They do now, but yeah. they didn't then. Uh, but I was overly paranoid, so I didn't mention anything about the occupation. No one who came to the protest knew about that we were going to occupy the building. Except for, like, oh. the, except for the board of the organization. We knew it was going to happen. So we had a protest, yeah. uh, like, in, in, a, in, a public, in a public square. And I was like, okay, we have some demands. Do, and like, do you agree with the demands? And I was like, yeah, we agree with their demands. And like, do, do you wanna do you wanna do what it takes to to enforce the demands? Like, yeah, yeah, we do. Okay, let's just join me then as we occupy this building illegally. <laughs> and it's like, uh, okay, and then we did, and we did for oh. now, and it's it, it's worked. It didn't work at all, actually. Well, it kind of worked. It depends on how you. Depends on how you view it. We occupy the building over a day, and the cops immediately show up. Show showed up. Yeah. Because they don't like you when you occupy a government building. Sure. Uh, we we like demanded to speak to the prime minister. That didn't happen, obviously. But like, <laughs> you can't be a rebel but without some ambition. Um, sure. And uh, eventually the cop and eventually like the cops uh, arrested me and kicked everyone else out. And, like they took my photo. Uh, and then they let me go, like, uh, immediately, so I could, because they didn't want to cause a fuss, I guess. Right. Uh, and they never, pre- no one pressed charges, it never became a thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, really nice, actually. Uh, the cops would have if they could, they they were, re- like, really, like, because they were, like, negotiating with it. They, 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 they fucking sent in a negotiator. <laughs> It was like, yes, come into the office which we have which we have occupied. Here are a bunch of teenagers with 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 blue hair. Please negotiate with the terrorists. Um, so anyway, so we negotiated. And then they were like, well, we're we're gonna arrest you. We we are going to press charges. Like if if you're underage, you might get away with a warning. But like if you're over age, you're committing a crime. You will be arrested. You will go. Like we will we will do everything. And and you, Mia specifically, you're gonna go to jail like for years. Mm. And, and, and but I was like really militant activist. I was really like I was really into it. I was really firebrand. I was like, yeah, well, fucking take me, pigs. Um, <laughs> uh, and they gave us they gave us uh, a last chance to to stop the occupation three times, which is like okay, you can, sure. Once you give the last chance, and then you give us another one, then we're never gonna stop, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. sur- if you surrender, if the cops surrender, then it's like yeah, well then I win. Um, yeah. But like some act, some people, some members didn't want to risk it, so they left. And some like we had some immigrants, and they can't risk the visa, so we like forced them to leave. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, because we don't want to like it's no, of course, it, it's an activist session. Like, the, and the press had showed up earlier, and they'd done interviews, and like we got a bunch of media attention. And, uh, that was good. Oh, so wow. we did. So we did symbolic things. Uh, but then when the cops showed up, and when the government building like closed for the day, and we were still there, they, then you know, then the press also left because they got the stories. They also misreported yeah. the entire thing, but that's another story. Yeah, um, I, I know journalists. Am I right? Um, <laughs> Uh, fake news. Uh, anyway, so a lot of people left, and it was basically just me and like twenty something left people left, uh, and we held and we had like these improvised emotional speeches as we all as we all locked hands, uh, as as like the because the, they brought in a bunch of paddy wagons because everyone who left they were outside the building and they were like recording the cops entering the building and like they had they brought in like four like big paddy wagons. 
obviously they're there to intimidate us, right? They, because they, they, never, they never arrested us properly. They never took us yeah. away in the paddy wagon. Okay. Um, but like, like they brought them there and they were sort of like, okay, we're going to do this. And then the fucking like uh, chief of police locally <laughs> fucking came over <laughs> and was like, don't do this, you fucking morons. Just leave. And it's like, no, we're not going to leave. We want to talk to the prime minister. <laughs> Like, still very, like, dedicated. Uh, and then we did, like, a non-violent thing where it's like, okay, we, let's not resist arrest, because then the cops can file charges on us. Before that, the, yes. the government building had to file charges, but if we resist arrest, then the cops can do it, and they will, so like, let's not Right. And so we just kind of flopped on the ground, and they dragged us out, and took our picture, and then let us go. But then, this, okay, so th- that's that's the boring part of the story. It's still my proudest moment oh. in my entire life, but that's the boring part of the story. A bunch of journalists were like, "Hey, that's really cool." And one specific journalist was like, "I'm going to I'm actually going to have an interview with the Minister of of, of Democracy because we have one of those. And I'm going to ask her about the occupation." Oh. Uh, to kind of force her hand to to like force the government to force a government response because the government had been quiet. No one had talked anything about it. Like a bunch of newspapers had like put it on big things but like the but the government had been quiet they just wanted the thing to be over and this journalist sure. was like I'm gonna be locked in a room with this woman I'm gonna force an answer do you and she contacted me beforehand it's like hey do you do you want me to do that and it's like yes please yeah uh, and she did and she and she said like yeah that's good please protest more that's because that's good for democracy and it's like really like half-assed answers like yeah democracy is good and the right to protest is essential to western democracy but <laughs> you, you know protest is always a thing that you should do and you and you know if you have an issue you should always protest for it <laughs> it's like and okay. that was like validation i win <laughs> um but then half a year later you know, we've, we'd had, like, minor protests. We'd tried to occupy, a, like, a more significant government building, but that never worked. But half a year later, it's Stockholm Pride, uh, which is the biggest pride parade in, in Scandinavia. It's pretty big. And we were going to walk. Like, our organization was going to walk in it. Uh, cause we, and we had, like, our own little, like, part section of the parade as we, as we would, like, parade through Stockholm. Wow. Uh, pretty, oh, it's pretty fun. We've done that before, and it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And we also got like some trans Swedish trans celebrities. They and they they'd like to join in, and it's like we're a lot of people, and it's always fun. But yeah. We're always like the angry block. We always yell about politicians while all the other <laughs> sections before and after us they like, yay, party, fun, fun, and uh, <laughs> I always feel so bad for like the audience or like the journalists because they're like, oh yeah, party, oh oh, dancing firefighters, oh very angry trans people. <laughs> oh my god, yelling about human rights. Uh, oh look, more dancing, more fun. <laughs> okay, so so we we were planning to do that. We were like in in the setup area of the parade. Like we hadn't started walking yet. And I was and I was sitting in my section. And I was setting things up and like talking to the other members of the of, of the um, of the board, right? So like the vice chair and like the, the, the person who's in charge of finance and stuff like that. We were, I was talking to them like, hey, this is going to go great. This is going to be good. Let's, uh, and people are going to join in as we go. So it's going to be fine because we were like two, two to three people there already. So it wasn't really that popular at that point. But people joined. Like we ended up over being over 100 people at the end. Anyway, oh. um, I walk away for like five seconds 
um, to see like the first the first cop I seen that day during like this like big pride thing. I see a cop, and then I see that that cop is part of like a small detachment of cops. And with that cop is a cop that I recognize because it's the negotiator from from the <laughs> occupation, and he comes uh-huh. up to me, and it's like, "Hey, Mia, my <laughs> my names be my by name." And we were we were like planning to do a protest the day before, but we cancelled it uh, because of, because of lack of interest. Uh, and we're like we we were going to like occupy the the, the parliament building, uh, but we realized that like you know the doors are probably closed and there are guards and we need to be over like two hundred people to even get in probably. Uh, right. And most people probably don't want to like be violent or force their way in, and it's going to be complicated. So we just we just cancelled it and hoped we could do it another day. So this, so the, so the day after, this cop negotiator guy, he comes up to me and is like, "Hey Mia, where's and he where's and he names like other people on the board, people that like weren't arrested at the occupation, people that oh. it's like, how do you know the names of those people? Okay, that's interesting, because that hasn't been public information. Well, like you can find it, but like you have to actually go look for it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, where's those people? You're not planning to are you not planning to do anything specific today at Parliament, huh? Because they suspected that we were gonna do it today, during Pride. Oh my it's gosh! Like, that I'm surrounded by like this negotiator and like his kind of detachment of cops, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, first of all, why do you still know my name? Why do you know the names of my like my co-conspirators? And how do you know of the protest? Because we didn't advertise that protest. It was right. like it was like really like close knit thing because it was it was cancelled before we advertised it. It never got off the ground, but they knew about it, and that's how I know today that they have a file on me, uh, and they watch what I do. Oh my god! Uh, but that was a couple of years ago, so maybe they stopped looking. Uh, but like they, I whenever I go to Pride. Uh, I didn't go to Pride after that because I felt intimidated. But the the I, I the oh. Pride after that, I remember like some friends who were there. They were like looking at the at the detachment where I used to be. Um, like the cops were looking at it a lot, so they were probably looking for me. Oh wow! So that's interesting. That's wild. That is wild. That's a long story, but I I felt no. That, you, you, I you was, can cut all I was of that. Riveted. No, I'm riveted. I was riveted the entire time. That's an excellent story. I can't I can't imagine that level of direct activism. That's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, if you look in my videos, you can see I have a newspaper clipping on my bookshelf at the top of it where yeah. it says uh, transaktivister intog socialstyrelsen. Uh, and that's the that's the story of when we did it. Wow. I, keep, I keep that newspaper clipping, and I'm probably gonna keep it forever. Actually, I should probably frame it uh, so it doesn't yeah. deteriorate too bad. But that's so that's so cool. There's there are a lot of little things that you mentioned in that that uh, you sort of threw away. Like, yeah, that wasn't that big of a deal. And I'm like, if if you had done this in the states, uh, it would not have gone that way. And Ew. just just getting just getting any sort of like milk toast like you know democracy is good and 
Uh, everybody should, like, if you have an issue, you should protest. Oh, that, that would, that's like miraculous here. Oh, but that, that reminds me a lot, actually, because we didn't just, I, I, that was the point that I was getting to. I completely forgot. Thanks for reminding me. Because we got that milk toast answer from the government, right? And then, like, and we got that, like, a couple, like, a couple of days after, after the protest. But then, like, two weeks after the protest, completely unrelated, right? For no reason whatsoever, uh, the government, uh, like they they issued a committee to like investigate the living conditions of trans people and like how to make things better for trans people in Sweden. Com- you know they say it was completely unrelated, but it just happened to happen right after right. our gov- uh, government protest. Uh, and they invited me to take part of that investigation <gasps> of the committee, so I was part of that, and I could actually like sit in in like in government buildings in 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 fancy clothes and be like, yes, we should do this. Maybe yeah. we should do this. Um, and the report was finished uh, a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah, a year ago, actually. Uh, and nothing has happened, obviously, because it's just a report. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. But that's but I, still... That's amazing. Yeah. I did manage to piss off the cops, f- uh, found myself on some kind of list, probably. Uh, <laughs> got a statement from the Minister of Democracy and uh, got to be part of a report. Uh no, no, nothing actual political has actually changed though. But it's like a lot of symbolism has happened, so that's cool. But like, yeah, no material I mean, change, unfortunately. But that's still, I feel like just the idea that you could have started this organization and there would have so much that much of a ripple effect, even if there's no like substantial change. Just the fact that it did provoke the government to do any sort of investigation, and you got statements from actual politicians like. That's wild for me to consider. Yeah, direct action works, yeah. Yeah. But like, oh my god, <laughs> we, like I was able to do that because the Swedish police is kind of gentle. Uh, although we did, sure. actually, we were really careful about what we were doing and what we were saying to as to not provoke them. So who knows, really? So the Swedish police, uh, yeah, Swedish police is not gentle at all. Actually, they're cops. They're like, they're, right? I have I have a very vivid memory from a Nazi protest when I was almost uh, overrun by uh, mounted police. Uh, oh, uh, because I was recording the the protest and I was at the front line of like the Antifa demonstration, uh, recording with my phone. And they yeah. brought out horses and almost charged right into me. Uh, oh so, my god! Uh, so they're not actually that gentle, to be fair. Yeah. They're cops, really. They're you know cops. Cops are gonna cops are gonna be cops. Yeah. No, I mean if you if if you're not if you're not enemies with law enforcement in general, you're doing something wrong. What? So are you still involved in that in that sort of thing, or is it like your health issues? Yeah, my health have, issues kind of took over uh so like after after like the protest season like when we took over the building and tried to take over others um between that and pride my health kind of died pride is pride is easy right because all you need to do is like sign a form and then show up and yeah so that so i could do that uh but like between that my health kind of deteriorated like slightly i was finishing acting school at the time uh, and okay. I was kind of busy with that and my health, I, I got like, to, like, yeah, to be honest, I burned out my, my, I, I got like exhaustion issues um, Yeah, because I was doing so much at the same time. Uh, so I had to quit that. And at the same wow. time I did that, the board had like infighting issues. So when I quit, 
you know, I, I handed the chairmanship to someone else, but they didn't do it because the board had like internal issues. So the entire organization just kind of died. So technically, mm. I'm still the chair of it, and <laughs> I still like, I still like get sometimes journalists still call me and like, hey, do you want to make a statement on something? And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, wow. But like, practically, the organization has has been dead. We haven't had a meeting in years, so that's kind of that's kind of stinks. That's a shame. Um, yeah. But I'm back now, baby. <sighs> My health is back. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you've got YouTube. Yeah, like, I spent, like, a year and a half after that, like, my health just keep, kept on deteriorating, uh, which is, like, unfortunate and sad, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, because I focused on my job and I cut everything else from my life except for, <laughs> except for my job, right? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, my health is, I only do my part-time job, which was extremely part-time. Maybe I can start my YouTube channel. And that's when I started. And I did that for, okay. like, a couple of months. And then my my health just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then I had to cut YouTube for seven months, and that's why it's a big gap in my in my video history. Um, mm-hmm. And I also had to quit my job because I, like my health was so bad, I couldn't I couldn't do anything at all without having a panic attack. Uh, and Ugh. I would spend like seven months, basically just being in bed, like yeah. lit- literally up to this December. Uh, I I just felt awful and my health was so extremely awful um and because i couldn't work and because everything else like my finances kind of died as well which is unfortunate Um, yeah but then sometime in like november or something my health started slowly picking up again so i and that's when i started making videos again uh because yeah it was the only thing i could do while looking for a job and I had to find something that I could still do, right? Because my health hadn't fixed itself entirely, and it still hasn't. Um, so I would make videos to like keep myself occupied. Um, yeah. But now uh, my Patreon can kind of support me, <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't need to look for a job. Fuck you, capitalism. Hell yeah. Sorry. That's... This this podcast has gone really too long. I'm sorry. No, I'm ta- I no, no. Too I've much. had, I've had, no, I've had, I've had podcasts go longer. First of all, and you should not apologize for having an interesting life. It's no, I'm, I'm literally sitting here thinking like this is one of the best things uh, that's been on this fucking show. We haven't even dug into my modeling history. That's that's for another oh, day. Yeah, for, I forgot. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that too. <laughs> yeah, have, we'll have to have you back then. Um, you can ask now if you if you want to if you want to spend more time, but that's up to you. It's your podcast. Uh, no, I feel like this is a good place to to stop. We'll we'll leave it on a cliffhanger and come yeah. back to that history another day. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on youtube.com slash c slash mia mulder because you need to have that c in there for some reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you can find me on uh, twitter.com slash potato politics. Which is a really dumb username, but it's easy to remember. Yes, that's the important part. Um, having having an easy to remember Twitter handle is essential. Yes, and um, yeah, so you can go there. I on Twitter, I rant a lot. I talk bullshit a lot. I alternate between being between shit posting and like serious posts about political history uh, because that's what my degree is in. Uh, kind of ideological history translation issues um sure and on youtube i make videos about things that i find interesting but it's mostly 
it's mostly been like ideology things, but it's like like my video before the one on nationalism is about passing and trans issues, and I'm probably gonna make one that has nothing to do with my degree and like about movies and shit like that, like shit that I like. Uh, check it out; it's good. And you can also yeah, find you, you can also find me on Patreon.com/slash Mia Mulder. That's yes, that, that's where I make money. Yeah. Well, Mia, thank you so much for giving me your time. It's a good conversation. I hope so. Sorry for ranting. <laughs> I, no, it's I, good. I've talked so much about myself. No, no, uh, that's that's why that's what podcasts are for. Dang, this was a good episode. I have been sitting on this one for a hot minute, and I am so excited that you finally got to listen to it. The Trans Questioning Podcast is a proud production of the Lunar Light Studio Network, and if you want to support us in creating independent media hosted by queer and diverse content creators, you can go to patreon.com slash lunarlighthq and pledge to give us a little bit of money to help keep us afloat and support brand new podcasts and we're adding a bunch of new shows to the network all the time there are of course lots of patron exclusive rewards and for me for my little fun little contribution to this patreon there's going to be like 20 extra minutes from this conversation with mia that got cut for a number of reasons that you as patrons of lunar light studio can have access exclusively to. So once again, that link is patreon.com slash lunarlighthq. You can find me on Twitter at HMSNoFun or for podcast-specific updates, you can follow at TransQPodcast. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, etc., send me an email at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com or for an anonymous message, go to curiouscat.me slash transqpodcast. Or is it transquestioning? It's one of those. The link is in the description. And if you want to find that on the grand old little old internet, you can go to trans-questioning-podcast.pinecast.co. It's a bit of a clunky URL, but that's A-OK by me because I don't get to choose what the URL is. Thank you as always for listening to the show, and I'll see you again next week. Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.